Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts. Welcome along to a special programme on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. I'm John Heindorf and we're looking forward to the 100 and I think it's 105th this weekend running of the Indianapolis 500 at the Speedway of course. You'll be delighted to know that it's not going to be me talking about this for the most part. It will be my colleagues from IMSA Radio, Shea Adam and Jeremy Shaw. Shea, come to you in a moment, but Jeremy, first of all, uh, sad news reaching the Hall of the American Racing Community uh, on the uh, untimely uh, death of Andre Ribeiro uh, earlier uh, this week. Yes, yeah, super sad to hear that. Um, one of the nicest person people you'll ever come across, uh, and uh, you have a heck of a race car driver as well. He finished... Uh, he started his career, he's from Brazil, but uh, raced in Europe a fair amount uh, and then came over to the United States. This is where he kind of made his career and finished second in the Lights Championship for the Tasman Motorsports Group, Steve Horn, Steve and Christina Horn's team in 1994. Moved up with them into the uh, IndyCar series in 95 uh, with, in conjunction with Honda and he became the first guy to win a race for Honda in what is now the NTT IndyCar series. That was New Hampshire in 1995. And uh, he raced on for, uh, for for three more years in North America, the final year actually with Penske Racing. And then he retired from the sport, moved back to Brazil and was running dealerships for, for Roger Penske, a, a whole slew of dealerships down there in Brazil. And um, I must admit, I, di- I didn't know he, he, he'd even been, been ill, but uh, yeah, passed away a couple of days ago. Really, really, really sad news. And, of course, we pass on our condolences to his family, his friends and the broader community, who many of whom would uh, have known, <laughs> always seemed to have a smile on his face, loved his racing. Doubt he competed, and no doubt, but uh, he will be missed, Andre Ribeiro, who died earlier this week. Uh, the sport continues, of course, and on to the grid then for this weekend's big race. And we'll start, and Shay, I'll come to you first, uh, with two drivers, because we did have a, a proper bump day, morning, afternoon, whenever it was, uh, two entries that didn't make the 33. And uh, it, I found it very exciting, uh, the, the last row shootout between the five, uh, five to go to three. But R.C. Anderson had a not a great start to the whole Indianapolis 500 experience. It was a drive shaft that lost a whole load of grease or something like that, and that put them on the the back foot and ultimately didn't get into the show. Uh, and uh, th- so that was you know, bad news for them. Yeah, very much so. And and to be honest, before the event began, Top Gun Racing was one of the teams that most people were looking at to be one of the the teams in danger of being bumped simply because they didn't even do their shakedown until a couple of weeks before running at the Oval for the first time. 
So it doesn't come as a, a huge surprise to people per se that R.C. Enerson is not in the show as uh, an Indy 500 rookie as he would have been. There are two rookies in the show. But for Top Gun Racing, certainly is a disappointment for that team. Uh, this was going to be their only outing of the year. Uh, and Jeremy, the... Mm. Sorry, go no, ahead. They're, actually, they're actually hoping to do a few more races later in the year, or were hoping to do right. a few more races later in the year. Of course, the, the bad news for that team, as you say, they got off on the bad foot and didn't need, actually even get out on the track properly until Thursday. Correct. So, yeah, right behind the eight ball from the start. Yeah, and the problem, of course, with hoping that you're going to be out later in the year, so much, a bit like Le Mans, really, in the old days of pre-qualifying for Le Mans. You don't get your entry for Le Mans, Jeremy. It, it messes up the rest of, of your potential season. It's not dissimilar with the Indy 500. You, you're putting a lot of effort and a lot of sponsored dollars come in to the 500. So that might well uh, affect them. As, as for the other non-qualifier, um, again, a bit of a tale of war. It, indeed, for uh, it was, I mean... <laughs> Basically, one of the biggest factors was, you know, what engine have you got? Yeah. Uh, because if you've got a Chevrolet, you were struggling right off the bat, it, it would it would appear, at least in qualifying. Um, uh, same as last year, really, I suppose, to a degree, except for one team, oddly. We'll get to that uh, later yeah. on. But, yeah, it was Charlie Kimball who didn't make the show for AJ Foyt Racing. Um, it was clear towards the end of the week, uh, and particularly well, on Friday when they – fast Friday when they, uh, they give – all the cars extra boost uh, for for the for Fast Friday and for qualifying. Stupid idea. I really don't understand mm. why they do that. It seems a complete yeah. mockery to me. But um, it, it didn't make any difference, really. Uh, it was still the Chevrolets that were struggling. And uh, I think for a while there, there, there was Top Gun Racing and then there were the three Ford cars all towards the bottom of the bottom of the charts. Uh, two of them made it in fairly comfortably, but uh, Charlie Kimball was the odd man out there. And unfortunately, uh, despite his best efforts, uh, from a guy who clearly knows how to drive, uh, and especially around True. the speedway, he's had top five mm-hmm. finishes there before. Uh, you know, he was the he was the unlucky guy. So 33 in the field, as ever. We had that spectacle uh, on Sunday before the Firestone Fast Nine. Um, uh, Foyt. As, as Jeremy said, the fight cars at the back. Not a great uh, opening to qualifying weekend for Penske. And they had to qualify um, two of their cars or satellite teams here in. However, the good news, and it was a really good news story, uh, is that Peretta Autosports, Simona de Silvestro, with the technical partnership with, with Penske, did make the show. And man, that was a fan favourite. Yeah, big time. Uh, It was a very couple of nervous minutes for Beth Peretta, for sure, as bump day was going on. And and as the official uh, five drivers were effectively fighting for three spots going on. But it was a bit cushioned by the fact that Will Power, a former race winner and series champion, was right there alongside them fighting for that position. When Peretta Autosport announced their technical partnership with Penske, that was a sigh of relief to everybody. Nobody expected that Simona would be one of the drivers fighting the way in. But thankfully, she did get in. The team is starting the race. And even if it's in that 33rd position, you still have a 1-33 in chance of winning the race. (laughs) Yeah, you're in the show, and that's the big thing. Um, The second of the Penske affiliated cars, Jeremy, that had to fight their way in was Will Power, who normally qualifies really well uh, in D. Again, they struggled. We'll chronicle that as we go through the the rest of the the grid. Now, Will is not one of the most uh, 
Smiley, happy people at any stage. He was very grumpy, Will, at the weekend. But, I mean, he got in, but barely. And that's not... I, I just wonder, though, have they got over all of this with the 5G number 12 car? And, yeah, we've seen fairy tales happen before. Could he win it from the middle of the last row? Uh, yeah, absolutely good. Yeah, I mean, you know... I think Penske Racing knows how to win at, uh, at Indianapolis, uh, and uh, and so does he. So uh, yes, uh, you know it was a bizarre situation. I thought he handled himself very well, actually. Yeah, he's yeah. not the most uh, outgoing a character. Certainly, will he's a he's a very low key character. I thought he handled himself extraordinarily well through the whole two days. Actually, I thought he was going to be a lot more grumpy <laughs> than he was. I mean, but here we are now. You know, the most uh, successful qualifier uh, in the field, fifty-five points to its credit. Uh, coming into this uh, month of May, and uh, and yeah, he struggled to make it. Uh, he did at the end, and it was it was yeah, there was a lot of nail biting going on down there, which is which is really bizarre. I mean, that brought back memories for for, for me, obviously, of '95 when Penske Racing didn't make it at all in the race. There were yes. a lot more cars trying to qualify back in those days. Uh, so that's what makes it even. I don't know whether it makes it more shocking or not now. Um, it does in a way, but it doesn't, it doesn't in another way, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty surprising. But uh, he is in the race. Uh, and, yes, uh, I mean, apart from one team, like I said already, uh, all of the Chevrolets have been struggling pretty much all the way through the months. I, I noticed on most of the days, if you look at the top 15 cars, there were probably a dozen of them were Hondas. Yeah. You looked at the bottom, and the bottom 15 again, a dozen of them were were, were Chevrolets. Yeah. Um, and that's just the uh, you know just the way it is. I think that the Chevy teams are a little bit better off for some reason in race trim, i.e., mm-hmm. without the higher boost levels that we had on Fast Friday and in qualifying compared to the Hondas, but uh, it's certainly going to be an uphill battle for any of the Chevrolets to win, I think, on Sunday. Uh, but uh, you certainly you would never count out willpower. Serge Karam is on the inside of row 11 in the 24 car, and uh, a relatively consistent run, actually, um, from him. It, it just wasn't very fast. And, and you know, that that's the issue. We saw, you know, sometimes... Uh, the car, it wasn't as if the car looked like it wasn't under him. It just looked like those cars, particularly on the back row, and as Jeremy mentioned, the, the Chevy's share, they just didn't seem to have the speed. Yeah, and, and Sage Karam is one of those guys who, in recent years, has been running the Indy 500. That's been the race that he's done. Last year, he did get four starts in the year before that was three. But for the previous four seasons before that, out of, uh, excuse me, for four previous seasons out of the five before that, he had only had the Indy 500 as his start. Once again, with Dry and Reinbold Racing, that's the team that he always runs with, with the Chevy. But his best finish came in his first ever start back in 2014. That's his only top 10 appearance. And outside of that, he's only had one top 20 finish. So Sage is one of those who he tends to feature at Indy, but he never is able to close the deal. And it's going to be a very difficult prospect, especially with the Chevy engine. But starting back from the third to last position, mm. it's going to be a long day. Uh, one row further on, two more Chevys and the Honda. It's Dalton Kellett, Max Chilton in the middle. Uh, Stefan Wilson is the the Honda. Um uh, let's talk about Steph first, uh, please, Jeremy, if we can. I know we're sort of jumping around a wee bit here. First of all, 
great to see him and this new Lawler Sports team in the field. Yeah, very cool. You know, he's worked super hard to uh, to get in the field again. He's he's he missed the race last year, um, and um, you know he's he's a very capable driver. You know, he's he's won races in Indy Lights. He's run up front in the Indy cars. He's you know, carrying the legacy of his of his late brother Justin, who was one of the most beloved uh, characters in the IndyCar series. Uh, and you know, everybody's thrilled to have him back again. And just to show how quickly things can can change earlier in this week sage caram who we just talked about starting on the last ride he was fourth quickest on the first yeah. day of practice for goodness yeah. sake fourth quickest overall uh, out of 34 cars uh, and uh, funny enough uh, stefan wilson was the slowest actually uh, and then we go to the final practice on on sunday evening i think stefan was the fastest of all so you know he goes from last on the first day to to fastest of all in, in that final practice everything is a lottery here but it's been a tremendous effort for stefan he's been quick uh, much of the much of the way through the week, set some good lap times. Uh, yeah, didn't get it all. You know, didn't get the best out of the car probably in the qualifying. He'll be a little bit disappointed by that. But look, he's in the race. He's got a Honda. Uh, he's riding for Andretti Autosport. That's about all you need to say, isn't it? Yeah, uh, don't uh, count him out. In other words, yeah, and and, and he nearly won it a couple of years ago. He, on strategy. Yeah, he was right up at the front with a lap or two to go, and you know uh, he, he didn't quite come come true. But yeah, dreams do come true, and uh, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be an incredible story if uh, the Sheffield native could uh, could win on Sunday? Oh, not a dry mm. eye in the house, uh, I reckon. Uh, on that, in the middle of that tenth row share is Max Chilton. Now his month of wait may didn't start well Carlin driver and yeah he didn't even get to the road circuit because of issues with him getting back into the US from from the UK and Europe so I think sigh of relief for him and and the Carlin team he's there for sure and his best finish at Indy was one spot off the podium. Max Chilton, who used to take his um, tutelage at Indy from a three-time winner, Dario Franchitti, uh, not a bad instructor. He does not run ovals, but he runs the Indy 500. That tells you how much this race means to him. So for Max Chilton, as you said, it has not been a great season. Missing the round at Indy, he was 20th at Barber, 24th at St. Pete after a mechanical issue fairly early on, I seem to remember. This is a race that means a whole heck of a lot to Max Chilton and running for the Carlin team. They might not be the strongest car in the field. Yeah, they've got the bow tie on instead of the little H on the front of the car. <laughs> but this is still a race that Max Chilton can pull things out of the bag at. Uh, Dalton Kellett, AJ Foyt Enterprises, Jeremy, the number four, 30th on the grid. So the outside of Raw Tents, another Chevy-powered car, another AJ Foyt car. Uh, but he's in. Yes, yes, he is, and uh, yeah, did did well. Uh, I quite think frankly. so. And, and Dalton's got a good history at the, at the speed. I think he's finished twi- twice in third place in the old uh, the Freedom One Hundred Indy Lights race. Uh, sadly lamented, by the way, that race mm. will not t- the Indy Lights race won't take place this season. I gather. Uh, Roger Penske wasn't happy that the, the car counts the last few years. Well, he obviously didn't watch the races because the races mm. are absolutely sensational. Great. Um, so there won't be a, a Freedom 100. But uh, Dalton, yeah, no, he, you know, you, you've got to count him as a dark horse. Uh, but as I say, he does race well, on, uh, particularly on the ovals. Uh, one row further up. We're into row nine for the Indy 500 uh, this weekend. Um, and we'll go to... 
uh, the inside of row nine. Might as well do it the same way now. I've started it. Marco Andretti. Jeremy, I give you Marco Andretti. The, uh, you know... He is an enigma, isn't he, Marco? He he was on pole position uh, last year. Um, looked good, very happy, smiley. He's going to start twenty fifth this year in the um, Andretti Hurt at Autosport with Marco and Curb Agajanian car. Um, another Honda engine uh, didn't make the most of that in in qualifying, but he's you know you kind of count him out for the race. There's so many people going to say this about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, bizarre. Yeah, as you said, on the pole last season, didn't lead a lap, plummeted down the field during the race last year. Uh, this this time around, he'd be hope, hoping he can plummet forward uh, and get up towards the front because he's certainly, you know, the, the kid can race. Uh, you know, is he motivated? He says he is. Uh, you, you've got to believe it. You know, he's not uh, doing the full season this year. So this is his one shot at making an impression. Uh, he was uh, grumpy all the way through the practice days, just didn't think he had a car and or engine, I think uh, is, is what he was uh, referring to, to get the job done. Didn't, therefore, in qualifying. Starts a long way back. But again, you know, he, he can race and he knows how to move, move himself to the front, uh, as does the Andretti team. Does it depend which Mark or turns up? I mean, in our series previews and reviews down through the years, Jeremy, we've said, you know, which Mark are we going to get and, and when will it turn up? Well, you know, if you can't get revved up for this, whatever else, then, you know, maybe maybe your time is up. I, and I, I do notice that he, he's um, doing some testing uh, in the LMP3 car at the uh, at the Glen with uh, Jarrett Andretti. So potentially, uh, and he's made no secret, has he, Mark, about saying, I wouldn't mind going back to IMSA because he did a pretty fine job when he was in the American Le Mans series with uh, with Andretti and the HPD cars a few years ago. Yeah, no, he is a mercurial, mercurial character, isn't he? And, very good. Uh, yeah, he seemed very, he seemed very downbeat in the interviews that I saw with him mm. this, this week or last week now. Um, but, uh, yeah, but the passion is still there. I mean, there he was. Uh, on the you know, on the uh, on the grid for for the final pole runs, super excited to see Andretti cars up at the front there. So the passion clearly is there, and he could have been you know, yeah out back somewhere just you know taking it easy. No, no, no. Um, so you know, he is going to be motivated on Sunday, uh, and as you know, this is his only IndyCar start probably of the year. So he wants to go out on a high note, and as I say, you know, he can they can certainly move him forward. No question about that. Simon Page, you know, Shea, middle of row nine for Page. Um, with the Menard's bright yellow car, we'll see that one coming for sure. Um, there's a lot of good drivers this year. Here's another one. Yes, I'm in Pagano, uh, starting further back than he would like to, the 2019 race winner. Third in one race this year. Twelfth at Barber. <coughs> <laughs> Excuse me for a Try second. Try not, don't die on us in the middle of the broadcast, really. Um, this is, a, I'll, I'll get, get yourself a drink. I'll go to Jeremy. Uh, this is this is another Penske car, um, Jeremy, that is further back than they would have liked. Yes, um, yes, of course, there's that, the, the whole engine side of things. Um, however, they still haven't performed the way they wanted to, and they'll be working very, very hard indeed to move all of their drivers forward, won't they? I mean, this is going to be a short answer, John. I mean, ditto whatever we said for willpower. Yeah. 
um, yeah. because you know he's he's a former winner here, former champion. Um, is it a Penske? Has a Chevrolet? Not really much more to say than that. No, indeed. Uh, Sebastian Bordier is the final driver on row nine. He's got the uh, four, number fourteen, the uh, the Rocket uh, Telecommunications, the Rocket Ford, uh, Phones car. That's a, another AJ Foyt Enterprises, the likable uh, Frenchman uh, who has. Well, I mean, he's he's made his career in IndyCar. Uh, what about him on Sunday, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, I'd love to see him uh, running up front. Um, does the Foyt team have what it takes? Um, it hasn't shown all the way through practice or qualifying, that's for sure. Um, you know, qualifying, as we've as already said, is, is a, is a, has been a struggle for the Chevrolets. Um, no, very unlikely, but uh, unlikely things happen at Indianapolis. And certainly the, the desire is still there, despite the fact that he had that horrendous crash a few years ago mm. in, in practice. He, he still seems to be as motivated as ever. And, uh, you know, AJ Foyt's going to be cheering him on and and uh, we'll see what he can do. Let's go to Raw H here. Talk about motivation outside of Raw 8. I've swapped back to the outside. So 24th position uh, for the Aro McLaren SP driver uh, in the 86, Juan Pablo Montoya. It looked a happy one uh, when we saw him over the week and, and we got to see pretty much everything that you guys did in the States and NBC doing a full international feed uh, for Sky Sports F1. So um, once they went to a break, when they were on the big channel they were talking uh, through the breaks and doing extra interviews and such like and every time I saw Juan he was smiling and a smiling happy Juan is normally a fast Juan Pablo Montoya yeah if he's smiling it usually means the competition should not be (laughs) how important was it though for Juan Pablo Montoya to run at the Indy road course because it really was a process you could almost see it unfurling as he was figuring out how to drive the car He's got the 86 on his car, which is a Meyer Shank racing number, a team that he's familiar with having driven their cars or driven Acuras in the past for Penske and then driven their car in the endurance races this year. So he looks comfortable with the idea of everything, but I just can't get over how valuable learning at that road course race was, I think Juan is going to be a serious threat in the race. It's not the same skill, Jeremy, clearly, but Shea makes a decent point there. Just to get back in, get yourself re-familiarised with what's going on with the speeds uh, and and such like. Juan is a, a likeable character. The fans love him. He's got a lot of support. But from row 8 and 24th, yes, it's like the Grand National. I know anything can happen. But could it happen for one this year? Yeah, yeah, it could do. I really don't understand why he's doing it. I mean, why Aaron McLaren would pick someone like Pablo Montoya over a youngster, which is what they uh, were aiming out to do a couple of years ago. Mm. I don't get it, quite frankly. I really don't. It's totally beyond me. Uh, Having said that, of course, what a character he is. Huge fan favorite, like you say. Former winner of this race. Um, so I guess you know it's for the publicity that he's that he's there for the for the for the sponsors. Okay, um, you know it's it's the sponsors that make this go around, but uh, not one problem at all. Starting twenty fourth, mm. yeah. It's not the same as putting Fernando Alonso in, which they've done in the past, is it? As an extra car? Um, no, I mean you know for, for for Alonso, you know this that was a bucket list item for him. Mm. Well, you know, well, well Pablo's 
got that bucket and um, and filled it up. <laughs> I like I that. I said something else, which is not yeah, easy, easy. Idea. So, so look, uh, you know, he's uh, he, he's a racer. I, I love that effect about about JPM. Um, and uh, let's see what he can do. It could, it's certainly going to be fun to watch. If you know, strategy, the, the team is like to co- cause some funky strategies to get him up front, and there's no question he can stay there um, because uh, he, he's not going to be the easiest guy for anybody to get past. Oh, I was going to say he's, uh, <laughs> he, he doesn't take any prisoners, does he? Middle of row eight, Santino Ferrucci had uh, an up and down week. Share a big accident early on uh, in uh, practice and qualifying. Uh, mm. week uh, that he and the team bounced back from, in all fairness. Uh, s- slight injury uh, to his leg and he was limping around a bit, wasn't he? Uh, the team did a cracking job getting the car rebuilt and he rewards them with getting in the show in the middle of row eight. Yeah, and to be honest, the, the thing that stands out to me is when you start looking at where people compared to their teammates qualified Santino middle of row eight, his two teammates are outside of row five and six. So Santino was definitely the weakest link so far of the team RLL trio that they've brought to the race this year. But they brought him in for a reason. This is his only start this year, at least that's planned, fourth last year in the race. He proved to be a strong oval racer in the past. Let's see if it continues in through the race this year. He's certainly got the right brand on his chest and the right team to be fighting with. It's a fair point. Well made. Uh, on the inside of Raw 8, uh, thing about that I love about the Indianapolis 500, Jeremy, is that we, we do see some classic liveries in the ABC livery for AJ Freud Enterprises. J.R. Hildebrand's back as well. And, well, you know, got in the show. He's 22nd. Uh, he might say that he's looking for the win, but I think getting to the finish and getting a good maybe top 10 finish, they'd be delighted with that, wouldn't they? Um, Yeah, but I mean, you know, JR's a heck of a race. He's massively underrated as, as a mm. racer. Yes, he only gets a chance to do this once a year, but again, a tremendous character is JR and really good for the sport. He's got a good profile away from the, the sport. Uh, he's, you know, he, he still hasn't achieved all he can achieve, all he's capable of achieving in this sport. You know, he's, not, he's no spring chicken now, sure, uh, but he is certainly motivated. Uh, and uh, he was, Not being a spring chicken has not hurt guys. anybody at Indianapolis down through it, the years. Yeah, you know, experience is so important yes. in this space. It really is. I mean, you know, we talked about Ferrucci. You know, he doesn't have a huge amount of experience in this space. He's, uh, let's say, brave. Um, JR is um, not going to take as many chances as, as uh, Santino is, that's for dead sure. But uh, he, he's a very capable driver. And if for some reason uh, the AJ14 can give him a good car, he can definitely mix it uh, toward the front. Uh, and I'll stay with you, Jeremy, to go one further forward for Joseph Newgarden, Penske, underlining how difficult it's been for Penske and for the Chevrolet runners. Um, th- this is. Uh, uh, a former champion, twice a former champion in the in the series. Not one at Indianapolis, though, but 21st position for Joseph. It's not where you start, it's where you finish, though. And that's what that's what he's going to be saying, I feel, a lot in the run-up to Sunday. Yeah, Tim Sindrick's one of the best strategists on the on the pit lane. Uh, the car will be will be more competitive in the race than it was in qualifying. 
uh, and Joseph is highly motivated to win this race. Like you say, he hasn't won here. Uh, he's won uh, pretty much everything else there is to win ED Indy cars, and uh, you know he's he's got that the, the shell livery on the car for this week as well. That's all, that always runs well here, just on its own. It seems it's a, it's a fast looking car, uh, and uh, they will no doubt get him into contention. Look, it's what's he's 21st on the grid. Uh, his his four lap spe- uh, time was fractionally over a second away from the pole sitters. Yeah. Uh, at t- you know, two minutes and 36 seconds. Uh, 150, second, 150 seconds, therefore, 156 seconds. Uh, so that's what, six-tenths of 1% off the pole time. Uh, it's pretty close. Um, and uh, he has uh, everything it takes, apart perhaps from Chevy. But I-, I think he will be a factor on race day. Jack Harvey's in the middle of that uh, that row seven, Shea, uh, and the Myshank Racing driver, the Brit, um, he says what he means and means what he says. Uh, big smile on his face when he got in the show. The Sirius XM Auto Nation car, number 60, from the middle of that uh, seventh row, as I say. What do you reckon? Um, Jack has an affinity for Indy, for running at Indy. Mostly it comes up in the road course. Last year, he was ninth in the race. This year, he comes into the 513th in the championship, of course, running the full season. That does factor. And this race, we haven't mentioned it yet, but it is double points, so it yes. can flip around its season. season. Yeah, His whole season thus far has been a best finish of fourth at St. Pete, so he has not yet made it to the podium. And as a matter of fact, he's only made it at the podium once in his entire career. So for Jack Harvey, and more importantly for Mike Shank, this race is make or break in terms of everything. For yeah. for Mike, he wants nothing more than to win the Indy 500, which is why he's brought in the second driver that we'll talk about in a few minutes. But for Jack Harvey, he wants to be the guy. And the easiest way to be the guy is to win the race. Yeah, but getting good points as well. I know it's not what you're racing for here. That's a very good point about it being double. Uh, it can kickstart a, a season. And, you know, we've talked in our reviews, haven't we, about the driver who's won catapulting themselves or got a good result, catapulting themselves up the season standings. Uh, inside of this road, Jeremy, uh, with a phenomenal livery uh, on the number 47, Ed Carpenter racing car, paying tribute to the uh, first black uh, USAF squadron, the uh, Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, Connor Daly, uh, as I say, um, we know and we'll talk about his two teammates later on, we know that Ed Carpenter Racing puts a good car together here. Uh, he's He's got to be in with a chance, hasn't he? Even from this far yeah. back? Yes, very question, unquestionably so. Uh, he, he was second quickest on one of the practice days. Um, you're qualifying, I'm really not looking at the qualifying times at all. Different boost, different yeah. everything. Really not, not relevant other than the fact this is where they're going to start for the race. Mm-hmm. Um, in practice times, uh, Connor was quick all week. He's massively motivated. Uh, he's had some, some really good, strong runs on a whole bunch of different tracks and nothing really has gone his way. Could this change on Sunday? It would be a big uh, surprise to many, many people to see him up at the front. But uh, as you said, Ed Carpenter's got a great engineering team there now. Mm. Uh, and uh, Connor's, uh, he, he's going to be flying flying quite literally underneath the radar screen, starting from 19th. 
but um, he, he's a very capable driver. He has quite a bit of experience now, and uh, no, no doubt he could, could get it done. Yeah, 19th, but as we say, remember, it's three to a row here, so that's only row seven, and it's a 500-mile race. So think of this, if you're... You know, don't think of it as a sprint race. Don't think of it as anything other than an endurance race. Multiple pit stops, possibly multiple interventions by the safety car. It's about track position in the last, what, 25, 30 laps, certainly after the last pit stop uh, and and where you're going to be. Let's move forward to row six and another Rahal Lennigan driver, Graham Rahal, in the 15 uh, Honda. That's the United Rentals car. He's got Takuma Sato right in front of him, actually, his other teammate. Uh, the tall fella, uh, Graham, with uh, the family with him uh, during the week, Jeremy, uh, he, he looked... He looked at times very happy and times very unhappy. He wasn't frightened to tell over the radio the, the team when he thought they'd put him out in the wrong place or all that side of things. He's not backward in coming forward, but uh, uh, what's his chances for the weekend looking at those practice times rather than the qualifying, which was still well over, well, just over 230 miles an hour in fairness for his four-lap average. Should not exactly pedestrian. Uh, no, no, and, and if, if Graham starts towards the front, it generally means it's going to be a bad day. If he starts towards the back, it means he's going to have a good day, it seems. Uh, well, he, he was, he's smack in the middle of the pack, pretty much. Um, so, I don't know, you know, th- again, it, it is going to come down to strategy. Um, uh, Graham is extraordinarily capable. He's a really good racer. He's very much underrated in terms of his racing qualities. Agreed. And um, if uh, if he if he's put in a position to run up front, it will be deserved. Yeah, as a couple of three years ago, when uh, Honda was struggling a wee bit in a variety of the oval races, Hon- uh, uh, Graham was. Uh, regularly the best Honda runner and inside the top 10, sometimes inside the top five with a phalanx of of Chevys around him. I agree. I think he is a good racer. Um, Who would have guessed and who put the money on shit, Adam, that rookie Scott (laughs) McLaughlin in the Pennzoil number three would be the best, best Penske qualifier. Man, this guy learns quickly. Already had a second on an oval, but this is Indianapolis. It's the 500. This is different gravy. And he's in the yellow submarine, so the extra pressure is on as far as that's concerned, too. But Scott McLaughlin, yeah, second in an oval. John, it was second in his first ever oval race. So the kid is good. He he picks up new tributes super quickly. He's also having one of those years that makes you think, huh, well, a bucket load of championship points from potentially winning the Indy 500 we we'll move him up from eighth in points. Yeah. His worst finish on the year was his first ever race, which was at Barber. He's learning, he's improving, and he just might be the next winner of the Indy 500 for the captain. That would be a thing. That really would be. He's got James Hinchcliffe on the inside of that row, uh, Jeremy, and uh, in the 29 Andretti uh, Steinbrenner Autosport car, the uh, the Genesis orange and white machine. Um, well, uh, James has some not great memories uh, of Indy uh, and the five five hundred, uh, but again the Canadian, massive competitor, tends to race better than he qualifies anyway. Um, can Andretti give him a car that he can do something with this weekend? Yeah, they can. Um, and uh, if if, uh, if uh, listeners here will be will be. 
get you know, getting the trend here. <laughs> There's going to be 33 cars in this race. Literally, all of them, all of those cars are capable of winning the race. That's mm. something we've been able to say in Indianapolis now probably for the last, well, we haven't really had any, for the last couple, couple of years. You know, since we've had, There's, there's know, been no field, field fillers, have there? There's been no field fillers whatsoever. No. Uh, and uh, so... Yes, it's uh, he, you know, he he knows how to get things done on oval. He's a very um, talented racer, is James Inchcliffe, uh, and uh, he's going to be uh, right in there with the rest of the Andretti team. Uh, up to row five, Shea, Taku, Takuma Sato, Piers Phillips uh, at Rahal Letterman Lanigan loves this lad, and he he's got very high standards. Uh, for racing drivers, twice a winner uh, at the Brickyard, national hero back in in Japan, and likes to race. Sometimes likes to race a bit hard, uh, but likes to race, and clearly has an affinity for this race. And a little bit worrying for the competitors in the field. Well, last year coming into the Indy 500, Taku was nowhere in points. This year. He's 12th in points, which mm. in this field is nowhere. nowhere yeah. um, best finish, sixth place at St. Petersburg. That recollects very similar to the last year's situation for Takuma Sato. So he is one of those drivers again. He's coming into a track where he feels very comfortable. He's got the right manufacturer. He's got the defending Indy 500 title following him around in every interview that he does. It's going to be a confidence boost. And whenever Taku gets that little bit of extra sparkle in his eye, wow, does he fly. Uh, middle yeah. of, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I just, just go back to last year. Yes. Shea was right. You know, Taku was nowhere for the part of the season. He was nowhere for most of the race yep. last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was only in the, in the last sort of 30 or 40 laps. All of a sudden he came out pretty much literally out of nowhere. I think he was a lap down halfway. I might be wrong. I think he was a lap down halfway he through the race. Right, actually, yeah. um, and uh, I got it back. I, I believe I seem to recall somewhat fortuitously, um, mm-hmm. but he was, there was nothing fortuitous about his drive later on in the race. He was passing cars, leap, leapfrogging way forward. And, and, uh, you know, the guy is just, uh, he is fantastic. He really is uh, super cool. And um, if, uh, if he can get himself in, into a position, uh, he, uh, he's not going to be backing down. Let's put it that way. Well, Jeremy, you said it. If you're only going to hit your straps and and have a, a you know hit real form for one race of the year, then if it's the Indy 500, that's not the worst thing for your your <laughs> season or your career or your bank balance. Yeah, you know, he is. He's great. He is great. Fancy. And he will be a factor if uh, if he can keep it keep himself into into in you know in in the mix. Then uh, the the team will get into track position, uh, even somewhere vaguely close to the front. It's, I think it's a bit more difficult to pass this year, even so. the last perhaps. But uh, don't count out Tuku Masado for sure. Yeah, a lot of the multi-car teams in the early part of the week, um, even, even Thursday and Friday actually, before they went into qualifying, were doing runs with you know three, four, five cars if they had them. Uh, out together just to see what it was like. It did seem as though they could follow a little closer than we've seen in most recent years. There's been a change to the underbody at the front of the Indy cars this year, which is uh, allowing them, I think, to get a wee bit closer. Middle of row five, Jeremy. Um, we are um, getting towards the front. The number seven, Felix Rosenquist for um, Arrow McLaren SP. 
Yeah, boy, he's had a disappointing year so far. Really, has not, not much has gone his way. Um, hasn't really shown any great spark. So he really needs, I think, a good performance. He's only going to be a couple of positions back on on, on the grid from his teammate, uh, Palo Award. But uh, he he needs a good performance. He needs to keep it together, not make any mistakes. Uh, if he can do that, he should be running up somewhere towards the uh, to where he where he he should be in that car. Inside a raw five thirteenth position share uh, in the uh, sort of mid purple coloured uh, car uh, is Pietro Fittipaldi, the Brazilian Dale Coin Racing with RWR. Good to see Fittipaldi in the field. How's he going to do? Um, well, he was 15th and 21st in his only two races so far this year. He's doing all the oval races, whereas Romain Grosjean is the driver for the road courses. 15th and 21st, not bad, not great, to be perfectly blunt about it. Um, it all the attention as far as Dale Coin Racing has been on uh, another driver who qualified further up, who we've yet to talk <laughs> about, Ed Jones. So yeah. that's sort of the benchmark that Pietro is aiming for. It, it would be a real surprise for Pietro Fittipaldi to be leading the race on um, merit at, at this point and not pit stop cycles. But again, it's Indy, so we can't count anyone out. No, indeed. Row four, Jeremy, is the, the last three drivers who qualified from the qualifying session, the top three grid set by the Firestone Fast 9. And my goodness, what a row this is outside of the fourth row in the five uh, McLaren Arrow SP Pato Award. Um, he's announced his intentions in his relatively short career, and he has to be taken seriously any time he comes to a racetrack. He does. You know, in most of the practice sessions, he was up among the top uh, five or ten, uh, I think. And uh, yeah, he was. He, he thought he was going after Fast Friday. He thought he was going to be in contention, perhaps, for the pole position. It didn't turn out that way. The uh, Arrow, S, uh, Arrow McLaren SP Chevrolet teams just uh, they were just one one tick behind Ed Carpenter Racing in terms of running the Chevrolets. Uh, but uh, you know he's he's kind of first in class. I the first Chevrolet that's not an Ed Carpenter car on the grid, uh, and he has been that way for for much of the week. So uh, you know he's been he's fast. Um, and uh, he again is you know, massively pumped up for this. He's ready to go. He's got some experience here. He knows how to move forward. The team should be strong, and uh, Pato Ward very much should be a factor. In the middle of that fourth row, you, you mentioned uh, Ed Jones. Here he is uh, in the 18 car. Uh, ultimately, you know, not that in in the qualifying session, not that much quicker at all than Pietro Fittipaldi, a couple of tenths of a mile an hour, which is fractions of a second over your four-lap average. Um, Does he have that much of a better shot at it than Pietro, as far as the team seem to think so? In in my opinion, yes, simply because Dale Coyne Racing with, and then it differs between the two cars, Rick Ware Racing versus, for Ed Jones, Vassar Sullivan. Mm. Those are two very good names to have associated with you at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And particularly for Ed Jones, the driver who comes into this race, his best finish at the Indy 500 was third in 2017. That's a strong alliance and a strong partnership. So he's looking to try and build upon well, A, missing the race last year altogether. He was doing other uh, racing ventures in 2020. And B, the best finish of the year for him 
has come on an oval. Unfortunately, it was outside of the top 10. So there mm. is a lot left to try and attain for 2021. Ed Jones and Dale Coyne with Vassar Sullivan certainly think that this is the stage to do it upon. And the inside of that road, Jeremy, uh, is another driver who, to put it bluntly, hasn't had a great start to the season for Andretti Autosport, wearing Dario Franchitti's old number, the, the 27, which has been successful here. Alexander Rossi, uh, the first driver who didn't make the fast nine. That wouldn't have made him happy. But uh, there he is in 10th position. And for him now and his season, the only way is up. So the only way is forward here, surely. Yeah, dismal start to the season. I mean, he qualified uh, on the on the front row for the first race at Barber, uh, but uh, that's the only uh, even vaguely bright spot in the season so far. He talked earlier on about some people being sort of kind of grumpy this week. Well, oh, boy, uh, that sums up Alexander Rossi, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, his attitude. He, he doesn't hide it, Jeremy, does he? He does he not hide it. No. He doesn't. No, no, but it's not a question of hiding it. It's just he. He just. He just seems so negative, mm. uh, and if you know, if, if you if you're looking, if you're driving fast and looking where you don't want to crash, you're, you're probably going to crash. Uh, and if you if you've got a negative mindset going in, it's, you're probably going to have a negative result. Yeah. Uh, and he needs to turn that around, I think. Um, maybe that's just me. I, I don't know, but um, you know, he's he always seems, there's always seems to be an excuse. He always or he seems to be looking for an excuse, and he's. he's much better than that is Alexander Rossi. And I think, you know, everything has gone wrong for him so far this season. So maybe it can go right here. You know, he's had the win, uh, purely a strategic victory. That was, you know, it was an incredible call by the team, uh, an incredible drive to by Alexander to sort of, you know, not use his right foot at all on the throttle. It just sort of on coast mode all the uh, way yeah, around. Yeah, that was Saint the fuel save race, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was the fuel save race. Mm-hmm. So now we'll see whether he can win one from the front. You know, he's brave. He has is no question going to have a super fast car, uh, and he is going to want to uh, to turn things around for this season. So the only way to do that, as you say, is to win this race. So it's going to be uh, no holding back for Alexander Rossi on Sunday. I think Jeremy has just made a brilliant point about attitude. David Brabham used to say when he was looking after um, Team UK, uh, and he said it to me, and I've quoted it many times, um, is that what you want? Is that what you want? Because if that's how you're thinking and that's what you want in your head, that's what you're going to get. So, you know, positive breeds positivity. Negative breeds negativity. I, I, as soon as Jeremy said that, I'm going to hear David Brabham in my head uh, saying that. All right, Firestone Fast 9. If you're not all fair with this, the top nine qualifying in open qualifying from which the grid positions 10 to 30 were set... We've talked about the separate back row qualifying, five into three. Well, the top nine were then broken off after the uh, the back row qualifying and effectively did a one-shot shootout for their positions. And this is how then they line up for the Indianapolis 500 this weekend. In ninth position for Honda and for Chip Ganassi Racing, the number eight here, Marcus Ericsson, another one of the Scandinavians in the Husky Chopla Chick Ganassi car. <laughs> See, it's so much fun to say it like that. <laughs> Marcus Ericsson did not finish the race last year. He was 23rd in 2019. This race has not been kind to him. So making it into that fast nine shootout, that is a step in the right direction. He's a full season championship runner, 11th in points coming into this race. He 
needs the points coming out of it. It's one of those things, John. I look at Marcus Erickson. I think if he's sitting in second, is he going to go for the win? Mm. Or is he going to take the points? I would like to think baby. that he'll take the points. No, it's 7,500, baby. You're going to go <laughs> for the exactly. points. Forget, forget points. You're not – no one, absolutely no one is thinking points on Sunday. The, uh, unless at the end of the race when they're running – Sixth or seventh or Yeah, I was going to say, next weekend, if you haven't won, is when you talk about, when you get the microphone Absolutely. stuck under your, your, your nose, uh, you talk about, well, I got some good points out of Indy by finishing fifth, and that's bounced me up to third in the championship. That's when you talk about that. I agree with you, Jeremy. We, we were talking about Rossi and uh, attitude. Well, if positivity won races, Elio Castro Neves would never, <laughs> ever be beaten. He Every time I saw him with a microphone under his nose, whether he was in the background, whether he was talking to anybody, his body language, uh, everything about him was 100% Mr. Positivity. He's in the middle of row three for for the, the Honda-powered number six. And well, you wouldn't put him past him climbing the fence again, Jeremy, would you? Absolutely not. You wouldn't know. Uh, and yeah, he was he was really disappointed after qualifying. It shows how much desire that guy still have. It's Great. fabulous. Just love the guy. Yeah, and and he. I talked about one Pablo Montoya being hired by uh, uh, by uh, Aaron McLaren SP, and uh, I really didn't understand that. I can understand much more so why you would get someone like Elio Castroneves to go alongside someone like Jack Harvey yeah. uh, in uh, in this race. Um, just because of his attitude, because of his approach. I mean, I'm not. Please don't think I'm putting putting JPM down because I, that's not my intention here. No. But uh, but the, you know, the, the teams are at different phases. I think even though you know, Aaron, okay, Aaron McLaren SP is relatively new, sure, uh, but uh, the people involved in it aren't. Uh, Maya Shank Racing, you know, that is a relatively new team. They, they, they've got a, a technical partnership with Andretti Autosports. Uh, they've got fast cars. Elio Castroneves drives them quickly, and and Castroneves and Harvey, you know, have, have made a good little, you know, it's been a good little partnership for this mm. for this uh, last ten days. And yeah, it's going to be fun to watch him uh, on on Sunday. Uh, Honda Power also for the inside of row three, seventh position for the DHL number 28, Andretti Autosports, Ryan Hunter Ray. Shea. My former neighbor. Uh, yeah, the 2014 <laughs> race winner. He knows how to be competitive here. He's been fighting with people up at the front of the field in more recent years at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway than not, as far as memory serves. I always remember seeing the yellow and red DHL car up yeah. there. But last year was a 10th place finish. And this year has not gone according to plan for, well, any of the Andretti Autosport drivers as far as I'm concerned. The best Andretti Autosport driver in the championship is 10th, and that's Colton Herta, who did get the win at St. Pete, but has had a couple bad finishes to back it up. Then you go to Hunter Ray. His best finish this year has been 10th. He's got a lot to prove this weekend, but he's in a good starting position. Move up to the second row here on our Indy 500 special and a driver who has impressed me every time I see him race. I think you see him growing and growing in confidence. Not He was really lacking that before. Spaniard Alex Palo uh, in the Chip Ganassi Racing number 10 Honda NTT data starting from the outside of the second row. OK, that's great, Jeremy, but he's looked fairly settled, very settled, very confident all the way through the week. Uh, well, and he's a proper Indianapolis driver now because he's had a big crash. Yes, good point. Uh, and uh, and walked away from it. So you know he'll have learned from that. Um, he learns how scary it is. He's bounced back really strongly. He, he was quick in the practice sessions. Qualified well. 
and uh, you know hats off to Alex Pillow. It's you know it's uh, experience is is hugely important here. He has some already. Um, and uh, both good and bad, and that'll serve him well moving forward. Uh, you know, he's been a contender in every race this season. Don't expect anything different on Sunday. Nice blend of uh, youth and experience in in the field, and particularly in the the top nine. It is experience we're looking at next with Tony Canaan, given the opportunity uh, to extend his IndyCar career by this year and next year, a couple of seasons when we uh, didn't think we were going to see him. But I, I kind of think it's right. We've talked about this before, Shea, that he doesn't have to bow out in front of empty grandstands. He's running the... Uh, American Legion, as it is, uh, number 48 this weekend, as Jimmy Johnson isn't doing the ovals. And he's clearly lost none of his desire. Simple as that. <laughs> he and Elio, man, was that impressive seeing those two guys who are not in the first stages of their youth uh, beating up on some of the young kids and proving how you go quickly at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. 2013 winner. He knows how to win here. Uh, He's only done it the one time, though, and he has raced at Indy a lot of times before. And his two previous oval races on the air, 11th and 15th, when teammate won one of those races. So he was shaking off the cobwebs a little bit, but he looked good in practice. And I'm expecting more of the same from Kanan. Ed Carpenter's on the inside of the second row. By my goodness me, they put good cars together this year. Uh, and Ed, who is a specialist oval and in some ways a specialist Indy 500 driver, he's delivered again, Jeremy. He keeps doing it. Extraordinary stuff from the man whose name is above the door and drives the Sonax number 20 uh, Chevrolet, we should say as well. Chevrolet. So they got their numbers right in the way they set the car up and trimmed them out. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that was the only team to really get it together uh, out of a Chevrolet. You get some speed out of a Chevrolet all the way through qualifying. It was a pretty remarkable effort by ECR. Great engineering team there. Uh, massive amount of experience, of course. You know, uh, Ed... This is, this is his life, is the Indy 500. That's that's what it's all about, Fred Carpenter. He's not really interested in anything else. Uh, he just wants to win the Indy 500. Uh, he's he's come close, uh, you know, numerous times in the past in terms of, uh, you know, running up uh, towards the front three times a, a pole sitter. Uh, his best finish is still only that second position. Uh, and that was, what, uh, three years ago, 2018. So um, he is going to... For him, it's it's nothing, nothing other than the victory. That's all he's yeah, looking at yeah, yeah. to win this race. He must be delighted, and the team must be delighted because, um, you know, they're up there with the giants of the sport, with mm. Chip Ganassi, the Chip Ganassi racings, the Andrettis, etc. And, and there they are. They're not the the biggest team, uh, in in terms of personnel or, or indeed in finance, but they clearly use what they've got, Jeremy, very very well indeed. Yeah, the, the cars the, the cars have been fast all the, all the way through the uh, quote unquote month. As it used yeah, to yeah. Be, nowadays week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every day, every day, the Ed Carpenter cars have been running up the front, um, and uh, yeah, Ed, Ed has has all the experience. Yeah, again, he's another he's another guy, sort of like Alexander Rossi, that I think needs a a, a dose of, of positivity. Uh, you know, he you never think he's 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 so low key, so laid back. But so for intensely focused on this thing mm. that uh, you know he, he perhaps you know if he can just uh, relax a little bit, 
uh, and take take things as they come and and uh, just do what comes naturally to him because oval racing, particularly in Indianapolis, forget the other oval races this yeah. season. They're not relevant to anything at all nope. this, this month. Nothing. Nope. Com- completely irrelevant. Uh, but uh, for Ed Carpenter, uh, you know, this is this is what it's all about. And uh, I'd love to see him. I mean, there would be no more popular winner, ah. I can tell you that. There's a lot of very popular drivers in this field, but the place would... I don't know what would happen it would if Ed Carpenter win this race. It would Maybe we'll find out on Sunday. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's a, it's a good point, that Jeremy. That he's all of those... to become. He's also looking to become the first guy to ever win the Indy Lights race here uh, and the IndyCar race. Oh, really? Hasn't been done before. Really? Mm. His 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 team car is Dutch Sensation. Renus VK, Jeremy, who will be able to walk to work on Sunday because he lives literally <laughs> yes. opposite the the speedway. Now, we've been talking about fast learners. Uh, yes, tick that box for for young Renus. I mean, extraordinary. And again, though, just backing up what we've been seeing all the time. How positive is he, by the way? He's, he's just brilliant, isn't he? He is, and I think he's great for Ed too. Quite frankly, Ooh, good um, you know, he, he outqualified Ed, and uh, but uh, the positive is there. You know, he's he's just so pumped up. I love seeing his enthusiasm. You know, still still a youngster. You know, he's made a meteoric rise to this level. You know, 2016, he was driving go karts. For goodness' sake, yeah, I know. You know he's he's another he's another product. Jeremy, I did a voiceover as a as a favour for oh. uh, his then manager in 16 or 17 to. As a, a, a as a, like a little um, like a showreel for him when he was starting to think about going to the states, and I wrote yeah. a script and did a VO for him. It yeah. seems like yesterday. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's another product of this road to Indy. He 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 finished second in the USF 2000 Championship in 17, won the Indy Pro 2000 Championship in 18, finished second in Indy Lights in 2019. Uh, won IndyCar Rookie of the Year last year. Can he win the win the race on Sunday? Absolutely, he could win the race on Sunday. He's had you know, he, he, the, the the year didn't start off well for him in Indianapolis. It was a test earlier earlier in the in the spring. Had a huge shunt there, uh, but again, you know, no problem. Water off a duck's back. Comes back strong. Qualifies on the front row. Brilliant effort in qualifying. Yeah. Uh, to out-qualify Ed Carpenter around here, you've got to be going some. In, in the same that. car? The front row the grid. Yeah, absolutely. In identical cars. I mean, yeah, there was 0.0047 of a second I saw that. Uh, is the difference between the four laps around here between those two. Um, but, uh, you know, he's 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 so pumped up for this. He is so ready for this. You know, he won last time out on the road course here, so he knows what it likes what it's like to win at Indianapolis. He's done it on the road to India as well. He can win the big one. Yes. Uh, Renus van Kalmhout uh, is his full name, but he uses Renus VK to uh, help us out. Uh, and an absolute poster child, as Jeremy said, for 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 learning, for, for doing the apprenticeship on the road to Indy. Uh, middle of the first row, the game bridge at number 26. That's Colton Herter, Shea Adam, um, he's pumped up as well, and, and rightly so. I, I think f- on that fast nine, he really thought he really thought he was going to take the pole position. Yeah, and he was looking very, very strong for Andretti Autosport, a team that has a great history of running at the Indy 500. And uh, the guy who's talking to him over the radio, who's keeping him calm. 
His daddy-o is a guy who's got a good history of winning the race, too. Mm. So in terms of a partnership, Brian and Colton Herta, that's a pretty stout effort going into this race. Middle of the front row is a great place to start. And even if he comes home in the second place, it would help his full season championship. But this is a kid who I feel will win an Indy 500, whether it's this year, whether it's in the future, it's in the cards for him. Uh, Jeremy, obviously, you know, he's, he's grown up around racing. Uh, he's got a, a great support network, not just in his family, but also in the Andretti uh, racing team as well. And I think this is a great opportunity for him. Um, you win the Indianapolis 500. Of, of course, it's immortality, isn't it? And you know, he, he, he's, he's got all of the tools at his disposal, surely. Absolutely right, he has. Yeah, he got Honda engine, Andretti Autosport. Uh, his dad on the uh, on the on the phone with him during the race, on the radio with him during the race. Uh, you know, so great strategist there is Brian, accomplished racer in his own right. And uh, yes, uh, he is no question one of the favourites. Was one of the favourites coming into uh, the month, and uh, should be if he can if he can keep his nose clean, he will be uh, right there on uh, Sunday afternoon. Which leaves us in our NTT IndyCar Indy 500 preview here on Radio Show Limited Network of Channels with only one driver to talk about. And it will surprise no one, uh, particularly not Shea Adam, that it is Chip Ganassi's <laughs> racing and the number nine of Scott Dixon. Uh, Scott... Uh, yeah, exactly. Never heard of that. The Kiwi just keeps turning it out. There's all the talk of uh, the new generation, the young drivers coming through. And then you look at the uh, the top, the fast nine. You've got Elio, Ryan Hunter-Rear, Tony Kanan, Ed Carpenter, and Scott Dixon making up more than half of that shit. Adam, he wants, he wants this race victory. He absolutely wants it. There's a steely determination that I think you can see even more than usual in this last week from Scott Dixon. Yeah, there's a certain revitalization mm. of Scott Dixon this year, um, walking around with his son. He's showing... a champion. Yes, I know. But well, he hasn't yes. always gone well in this race, has he? No, no. And that's actually what I was just looking at. 19 times has he run the Indianapolis 500 once has he won it. And that was back in 2008 when he started from pole position. He's had two other polls. Once when he finished 32nd back in 2017, I seem to remember that was a crash involved. And once in 2014, uh, 2015, when he finished fourth. So starting from pole is absolutely no guarantee of winning the race. And, and even no. for Scott Dixon, he knows that. But 19 times starting, one win. That is a very off-kilter statistic in the book of Scott Dixon. If there's he... a lo- it, 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 I wonder, though, with this, it, because this is such a big race, Scott, undoubtedly, Jeremy, the, you know, the, the cream of his generation. You've only got to look at the championships to do that. But in so many ways, the Indy 500 trumps the championship. And is, is that an even, then, an even bigger desire for Scott. I mean, if there's a lot of green flag running, by the way, he makes fuel. He doesn't just save fuel. He actually yeah. finds it somewhere. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. But is there, in some ways, could it be seen that that the lack of another Indy 500 win is something that he's got to put right? No. 
Uh, he's nearly 500 winner. Um, mm. That's that's good enough. He would love another win. Uh, you know, this, this, is, this will be his, this will be his 19th. Uh, so his 18th, 18 previously. I think only uh, you know six well six times has he finished outside the top eight in this race. So he's always a front runner. He finished second last season. Mm. Yeah, he's beaten by uh, some guy from Japan who's won this race before twice um, yeah and you know it, it has been a while since he's won it but you know he's got everything he needs it's just it's it's only pure you know misfortune or something's gone wrong something hasn't quite gone his way that has kept him out of victory lane before here he's had you know an amazing number of top five finishes here something like eight or nine top top five finishes here so yeah. uh you know he's not lacking anything as, as she says it, there's, well there's no revitalization required he's he's Always, always vital. Yeah, <laughs> and always upbeat, always positive, always running, always runs well here. Such a gentleman um, as team, well, really is. Yeah, he is absolutely. He's just a star in and out of the Jeremy, car. Jeremy, I mean, it is a lottery in some respects because yes, because of the nature of, of this race. But you know, Shea's just reminded me that Dario won three in, in ten in, in this race and 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 built a, a reputation. Uh, on it, Elio's never won the championship, but the three indie wins that gives him legendary status. Uh, and ha- Scott's got a few years left in him yet, but he, I mean, I'd, I would like this. I, I can make a case for half the field winning this um, in, in yep. both pace and and as a good story. But I really would like to see Dixie win it this year because I yeah. I, I think it's I think it's important for. I think it's important for the the sport as well, and I don't think it's quite time for everybody to start giving up Jeremy on the older drivers either. No, you know, exp- uh, I said before, you know, experience is hugely important in this space. Uh, uh, yeah, less so now in that the, the cars are the the car is very very important now. We just see the difference between the Chevys and the Hondas through through practice and qualifying. Um, but you know he's got he's got all the right equipment. He's got the best strategies. If nothing goes wrong, Dixon will be right up at the front yes. on Sunday afternoon, and and he, you know no one would deserve it more. He's he's qualified squarely on the pole position. Uh, he was quick all the way through uh, the month. He was quickest, I think, uh, you know, in a couple of practice days as well. Um, just keep it going. But you know, having just a, just just for those facts doesn't mean you're going to be <laughs> right up at the front on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and it just takes the slightest thing not to go right and it'll put him out of contention to the win but certainly if all goes well his way he's going to be a hard man to beat I'd agree I'd ag- if he's in with the shout of it he's going to be a very very hard man to beat uh, uh, indeed you will have uh, worked out surely by now dear listener uh, that there is a strong deep field in that 33 uh, some fairy tale stories could happen right from the very back, and Simona de Silvestre all the way to the front, and Scott Dixon, and pretty much everybody in between. Uh, can you even pick a winner? Can you even say there's an outside chance for so and so? Jeremy, I mean, you've said all things being equal, we know who's going to be at the front because we've seen who's been quick all week, not just in qualifying but but assuming and i think we have to that in race trim that the hondas and the chevrolets will be a little bit more uh, well balanced um is there any chance of picking out a few names and or is it literally to write them all down on a piece of paper and throw them up in the air um yeah well it's a question of you know, who, who who doesn't make any mistakes if uh, it's going to be 
very hard to make a mistake and win this race. You can make a mistake early on and come back from it True. With, with the way that you know, the strategies work out here. Uh, pit stops, full course cautions. But certainly Lady Luck has got to be smiling your way to win this race on Sunday. I think that's going to be you know, the biggest factor. If, 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 uh, if Lady Luck is not looking your way, yeah, no chance. And by that shit, what Jeremy means is you can quite easily get caught up in somebody else's accident that has nothing to do with you and there's just nowhere yeah. for you to go. But we often hear people saying drive smart in the early part of the race. It's, it's, it's interesting to be up at the front and we have seen people lead from the sharp end of the field in the past few years in, in particular. Although Takuma, as Jeremy said earlier on, made a very good point. He came from virtually nowhere. Uh, last year and kept his his powder dry. So just staying out of trouble, staying out of other people's accidents. So are we going to see a bit of a a sparring match in the first half to three quarters of the race on Sunday? I, I think we'll see the pretty standard jabs being thrown just to sort of test the water of, of how everything goes early on in the race. But it does give you the indication, especially with so many young guns who didn't qualify in that top nine, who are looking to try and prove their way forward, we could see some pretty bold moves early on and, and some mistakes coming forward. And to be honest, you asked, should we? do we have anybody that we can pick out as being potentially um, more of a gut feeling that they'll mm. win the race than anyone else? Yeah, there, there are a couple. Go on, but, then, go on, tell me. Uh, well, uh, my preseason pick was Joseph Newgarden, and I still want Joseph to do well. I always want Scott Dixon to win every race that he's in ever because I'm a Scott Dixon fan. Yeah. Um, but I've got this feeling about Scott McLaughlin. And It'd be a hell of a he, story. It really would be. And, you know, he would be the first rookie to win the race since Alexander Rossi did it in 2016. I've just got a feeling that five years on, maybe something could happen. But, again, 33 cars in the field – realistically, 33 of them could win. How grumpy would that make Alexander Rossi as well if he's uh, <laughs> if he wasn't there? Oh, there's a story, isn't it? McLaughlin and Rossi in the last few uh, laps battling for the lead. Oh, that could end badly. Jeremy, Shea, thank you very much. The popcorn, the beverages and the snacks will be out on Sunday for the Indianapolis 500. Um, I'll give you a little tip. If you can find the live timing... Watch the live timing and and make notes of when people did pit stops and stuff like that because it's very hard uh, for the guys on TV to keep a note of everything that's going on. But think of it like an endurance race. It's it's the way I watched practice and qualifying at the weekend with the live timing up as well and with the sector times and the speeds. And it it opened my eyes up to so much and I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm going to be doing exactly the same on Sunday and of course we'll be talking about it on next week's at Midweek Motorsport thanks to Jeremy and Cher I'm John Hindoff enjoy your motorsport weekends whatever you're doing bye bye This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.